0: Amen. Praise the Lord. I am going to talk to you tonight about faith, and I want to talk to you from the standpoint of us fighting the fight of faith. Now, that sounds a little strange until you realize that this is the way Paul described it, the way Paul looked at it, and I'm going to start out with some scriptures that he used to describe it like that, because in our walk with God, we have to have the determination to live for God, to serve him, to walk with him. And to believe in him and trust in him and with all things. If you have your Bibles. And would like to turn with us to the very first scripture. That you have in your notes there. The uh, the ones at the very top here. Where it says the fight of faith. If you look at 1st Timothy. And it's it's chapter 6 and verse 12. <clears throat> I'm going to read this verse of scripture to you. And then read the second verse. This is in 2nd Timothy. And the first one in 6.12 says simply this, fight the good fight of faith. Fight the good fight of faith. So he makes faith here to be a fight in which we are fighting, praise the Lord, against the devil and against the enemy and all the powers of darkness by keeping faith in the Lord. I read a book one time about uh, the powers of darkness and it was all about us having to fight the devil and and it was almost like we are in a, in a boxing duel with satan and uh i came to the conclusion that's not the battle at all the fight is keeping the faith the fight is keeping the faith we're not fighting the devil god's fighting the devil and god the angel are fighting the devil not god but he doesn't have to fight him he just can wipe him off the map that's that's it but as far as we are concerned our fight is keeping the faith in jesus christ and holding fast to what we have and believing in God and if we do that God will be our friend and he will help us in all things I'm going to go also to the second verse if you would please with us to uh uh to uh excuse me let me go back here to second uh Timothy <clears throat> let me turn the page here it's just one page away on my Bible here second Timothy and chapter four and verse six and this is what Paul said when he was finishing up his life on this earth he said for I am now ready to be offered meaning he was ready to 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 die he was he knew that he was going to be executed at this point He is writing his last epistle to Timothy and he was writing it and he said for I am now ready to be offered and the time of my departure is at hand I have fought a good fight I have finished my course I have kept the faith So to Paul, in keeping the faith, praise the Lord, and fighting the fight was to keep the faith in the Lord, keep believing God through all things that may come your way, praise the Lord. And I'm gonna talk to you a little bit about the battle that we have sometimes that we're fighting, but God will always give us the victory. if we will always stay faithful and true to God in all things. Praise the Lord. And we have to keep faithful to God in fighting this fight of faith. I want to start out by talking about the importance of faith. To start with, faith is very important. I'm going to go, if you would, to Hebrews 11:6. 11, 11:6, 6. 11, 6. and it says, "This is the uh, the importance of faith." Uh, Hebrews 11:6, the very first one at the top there. But without faith, it is impossible to please Him. Notice that we have to have faith to please God. Without faith, it is impossible to please Him for he that cometh to god must believe that he is if you come to god you've got to believe that god exists that he really exists you'd be surprised that there are people who literally believe that god doesn't exist i mean it's crazy to me it's crazy because the bible says by we know his existence by the things we see the handiwork of god is there you see it everywhere and to say he doesn't exist, who put all that there? Somebody, if, he, if, if it didn't just pop out there and all of it works together in a harmonious way and so forth. But the Bible says the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. So I don't call the man the fool. The, the Bible calls him that and leave it there. But the Bible says that we must uh, believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him that if you seek the Lord, he will reward you. He will not let you go unrewarded for your efforts in trying to reach the Lord and to reach out to God. Praise the Lord. So the scriptures here in this verse of scriptures letting us know that it's very important here that we have faith. Now looking under A, and I got A and B here, I'm gonna start with A here, A and B. A, we cannot be saved without faith. We have to be, We have to have faith to be saved to start with. Before we ever start, we've got to have faith to be saved. And I'm going to go to a very familiar scripture, John three fifteen and 16. Most of you know it by heart. And it's amazing how that the latter part of that 16th verse is almost word for word repetitious of the 15th verse. I'm going to read both of them here to you. Look at verse 15. This is 315 of St. John. That whosoever believeth in the Lord should not perish but have eternal life. And then the 16th verse, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And here is the repeat of what was was that that was in the 15th verse. That whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. The only change of word is that in the 15th verse it's eternal life. In the 16th verse it says it is everlasting life. My point that I'm bringing out to you is very simple here. And it is that we have to have faith, amen, to have eternal life in God. Got to have faith. Praise the Lord. So in the very beginning, uh, faith is essential to be saved. We don't get the first base without faith. And then I'm reading over here in John 6, chapter 6. That's the very next verse there that you have in your notes. Chapter 6 and verse uh, 40. I'm going to read 40 and 47. This is 40, and this is the will of him that sent me, Jesus speaking, speaking of the Father or the Spirit. This is the will of him that sent me, that everyone which seeth the Son and believeth on him may have eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. This is a confirmation here that we have to have faith to be saved. Amen. So he's bringing it out here that it's very essential to believe on him reading verse 47 as well. I'm just going there to save time and reading all the other verses, just reading 47. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me hath everlasting life. Believing is essential here. So we've got to believe in the Lord. We've got to believe on the Lord. Believing in him is a very important thing in the Lord. So I'm going to go here to part B. We are saved by faith. through. We are saved by grace and through faith. Now, this is a very important factor that I'm going to point out here to you. Look at this very closely and buckle your seatbelts. Hang on here with me. We are saved by grace and that through faith. And I want you to go to Ephesians 2.8. I'm going to tie this all together, so just stay with me on it. This is St. John. This is uh, Ephesians 2.8. Praise God. For by grace are you saved through faith. By grace are you saved through faith, it not, that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Even faith that we have is a gift of God to us by which we might receive the grace of God and be saved and know him. Now, I'm gonna read one other scripture here to you. This is the one found in Titus 2.11. Titus 2.11. I know I'm throwing a lot of scripture at you right now, but just bear with me in a moment. I'm going to put all this together. This is Titus 2.11. For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men. Everybody see that? There's other verses that says the same thing. I've just picked out choice verses here. For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men. My question to you, therefore, is all men saved? No because we are saved by grace through faith. Faith is our response to God's grace. Grace is how we're saved, but it is our response to God's grace by which we are saved. Grace, faith is our response personally. You can have two people that comes in to a church. They sit side by side in the the back of the church. Neither one of them are saved they hear the gospel preached. They both receive the word of grace that comes to them. One gets up and walks out and says, "I don't want to have nothing to do with it." The other one gets up and comes to the altar and surrenders his life to God because he believes. So the faith, it praise the Lord, is what is brought. It brings salvation. So uh, grace is extended unto all men, but by grace we are saved. That through faith, through faith, by the act of faith coming our way, praise the Lord. And so uh, this lets us know here that we are saved by uh, the grace of God, praise the Lord. But all men have the chance to be saved. And this is why that all men are not saved because there's the response of grace that has to be given unto us. If you would, uh, I'm going to talk to you about what is grace. This is very important. Look at number one here. And this is the question, grace is... Uh, grace is to all people what is grace and the answer is right underneath it if you'll see that's in your charts there as you have the answer the unearned favor of God this is what grace is grace is God's goodness to us that we have not earned it is God's salvation that he's extended to us that we have no right to we have not earned it we have nothing nothing we've done uh, it's unmerited we have no right to the goodness grace mercies of God that he extends our way and here is some of the items of grace here it says what is grace the answer under in favor of God such as I'm going to read these off to you Calvary the Calvary the shed blood of Jesus Christ we had no right to that that was God's love to us the gift of the Holy Ghost We have no right to the holy ghost god has just granted it to us that's his grace the written word of god that we have that is this book all through history god has laid it on the hearts of men to write his words in these books and then when they needed to be translated he laid it on the hearts of men to translate it it's all through history so that you and i now can pick up a bible and read it in english that was originally written in hebrew later in greek later in latin Later in German, and there were all kind of languages, finally to English, and in the Old English it was written, and I have one of those Old English Bibles, you can hardly read it, it's that Old English is such, is so difficult to read, and so here we have it now, in the, you know, in the Bible that we have today, praise God, and we can read it, and God has made it possible that we have his word, written word, that we can know his will, his purpose, his love, his goodness to us, and that we can be saved. Praise the Lord. So the Word of God, written Word of God, is also part of the grace of God. And uh, goes. I'm going on here in that same paragraph there, the answer to the unearned favor of God. Evangelists and pastors and evangelists and teachers. This is the ministry that comes from the pulpit. This is the grace of God. This is the grace of God that's been extended to us. God gives us pastors. He gives us evangelists that travels and preaches the Word of God from place to place and gives their life to just uh, getting people to the altar and getting them saved where the pastor has an oversight of the church and his mind is on a lot of other things not always just people getting saved and but the evangelists can concentrate on that and teachers and so forth that concentrate on teaching the word of god itself and then it goes so forth. this grace is given to all people it's given to everybody anybody can have this grace you understand what i'm saying Calvary is for the whole world. The bloodshed of Jesus is for the whole world. It's for any and everyone. but any and every one is not saved. Praise the Lord. And it's because it has to be mixed with, great, with faith. Do I believe Calvary? Do I believe it? Do I believe the shed blood of Jesus can wash away my sins? Do I believe that? You understand what I'm saying? And this is the fight of faith, is that from the very beginning, when faith is understood, as a fight. And I'm going to go into the next part here, talking to you about the fight, of course, to find the Lord. And I'm going to move on and finish with that paragraph here. This grace is given to all people, but all people are not saved. Grace must be coupled with faith, and that's number two here. And we just read it there. It must be coupled with grace. And, of course, we just got through reading to you, Titus. 2.11, for the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared unto all men. But faith, but grace has to have faith mixed with it. Number two there, grace must be coupled with faith. Faith is our response to God's grace. Faith is our response to God's grace. Now go to Hebrews 4.2 with me for a moment. Hebrews 4.2. Hebrews 4.2. For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them. Speaking of the Jews or the Hebrew people. For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto the Jews. But the word preached did not profit them. Not being mixed with faith. Not being mixed with faith. This is why that Israel as a nation was not saved. Because they never believed the word that was preached unto them. The word. The same word that was preached unto us was preached unto them. All Gentiles are not saved. The Jewish nation as a as a nation. Many of the Jewish people were saved. The early Jerusalem church, they say, numbered about five thousand people in its in its uh, prime time. When James was there pastoring the church and Paul was out doing missionary work, so forth. That's about it was a large church, a large number of people. But yet it did not represent the mass majority of the Jews who had turned Christ down because faith was not in their hearts. Praise God, it was just not there. And so these scriptures let us know that. Look in Romans chapter 10, verse 13 for a moment. Romans ten thirteen, 13, and uh, for whosoever should call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. In other words, when you have this grace come our way, can be saved but we've got to call on the lord notice that for whosoever shall call upon the name of the lord shall be saved how then shall they call on him whom they have not believed all right so believing or faith is essential and how shall they believe if of him uh, in him of whom they have not heard and how shall they hear without a preacher so god requires faith amen to be A response to his grace and then he also sends the preacher to preach the word so that faith can be put in the hearts of the people to receive the word you understand what i'm saying god's covering all bases that we might be saved and then uh, i'm jumping down to verse 17 in that same uh 10th chapter of uh romans so then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of god and of course, how can we hear without a preacher? So forth. And uh, how can they preach without being sent? So the word lets us know here that God wants us to be saved. He wants us to have this wonderful salvation in our hearts. And God has given us faith as a response. Praise the Lord. Uh, now, I am want to get into what I really want to talk to you about. This is the fight to, to be saved. I want you to look here at number three here. And faith must be... Put into action. Look in Luke 16, 16. I had somebody ask me this question not long ago, and I'm going to answer it for you right now. Luke 16, 16. And what does this verse mean? Everybody with me? Oh, I was weak. <laughs> Say praise the Lord. Praise All right, I know you're with me then. All right, God love you. All right, Luke 16, 16. The law and the prophets were until John. Since that time, the kingdom of God is preached and every man presseth into it, presseth into it. Now, somebody said, Brother Myers, what does that mean, presseth into? They press into it. This means that whenever we hear the gospel preached, we have to put forth the effort to reach out to, to, to Jesus Christ. In other words, when the gospel is preached, we believe in our heart. But you don't say, Well, I believe and walk out the door. You say, I believe. Praise the Lord. I want to be saved. And we push and we press to reach Jesus. Because this is where the battle is. This is where the enemy will try to keep you from getting to Jesus. This is where he will discourage you. This is where he will give you reasons why you don't need to be a Christian or you don't need to go to church. This is why he'll send you company when you're fixing to go out the door and go to church on a night. And he'll send you company your way and say, we just thought we'd drop by. This is when people from up north show up at your doorstep and say, we come to spend a week with you and you're fixing to go out the door to go to church on a Sunday morning or a Wednesday night or a Sunday night or whenever it is. I don't guess I'm talking to anybody here, but I've had that. My my wife's parents used to come down from Massachusetts every winter right after the first of the year they came to see us, you know. And invariably they arrived on Sunday and we'd always say, food in the refrigerator, amen. Drinks, Cokes are in there, help yourself. We'll see you after church, we're on the way out the door. But we have to fight. Praise the Lord, and we have to push and press that we might even enter into the kingdom of God. Praise the Lord. You know it's difficult for a person sitting in the back, coming into a Pentecostal church, seeing a worship they've never seen before, people they've never seen before, worship style they've never been involved in before. And all of a sudden, and the preacher says, if you want to find the Lord, come down to the front. And they have to battle that. They battle that. Do I really want to get up and walk down to the front of the altar in front of all these people? What's going to happen? How, you know, they have to fight that. And the Lord's tugging at them saying, I love you. I died on Calvary for you. Praise the Lord. I shed my blood for you. I want you to be saved. I want you to be my child. And they have to fight that fight of faith. Yes, Lord, I believe it. this is between you and me. Praise the Lord. These people are here to help me. And they finally make that decision and they come down to the front and they pray, and of course they pray through to receive the Holy Ghost and to make a decision to be baptized and so forth. All of these things is the fight, is a fight of faith to come to the Lord. Amen. Now let me give you some illustrations on that. I want you to turn with me, and this is going into the examples that we've got here. I want you to go to Mark ten forty six to 58, and I'm going to talk to you about blind Bartimaeus for a moment. Blind Bartimaeus. Now... This is a man that was sitting by the wayside in Jericho in Jesus' day. Jesus was passing by. He was sitting by the wayside. He was blind, and they set him down there and said, All right, Bartimaeus, this is where you beg for alms, right here. You sit right here by the wayside, hold out your little pan, and uh, say alms, alms, and people that have a little mercy on you come by and drop a nickel in or a quarter or a dime or whatever they want to. And uh, so you... That's how he, that's what he had to be able to make his, for food and so forth. That was Barnabas' life. Everybody get the picture? Now, here's what it says in verse 46. And they came to Jericho. This is Jesus and his disciples now. And they came to Jericho. And as they went out of Jericho, on their way out, been to the city, on their way out, going down this wayside, this road that they were on, and as he went out of Jericho, his disciples and a great number of people, uh, they were all crowding around him. A lot of people. Blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the highway side begging. All right, here's the scene, he gives you the picture of it. This man has nothing. He has nothing. But Jesus Christ is everything for everybody or anybody who wants to have whatever he has for them. Praise God. So he's sitting by the wayside begging. Verse 47, and when he heard that Jesus of Nazareth, it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. He cried it out. First of all, he knew who Jesus was. He, when he said, son of David, that was saying he's the Messiah. This is Jesus, the Messiah. And he had heard stories about him already. And lo and behold, he's right here at me. He's right at my steps. He's right here by me. And he began to cry out, have mercy on me. And look at verse 48. And many charged him that he should hold his peace. Shh. Bartimaeus, be quiet, Bartimaeus, hush her mouth, Bartimaeus, you're a nobody, <coughs> Bartimaeus, you don't count, you're blind, you're insignificant, they may not have said it, but they were thinking that, feeling that way, acting that way, be quiet, the master is coming through, we want to see him, we all want to see him, we're pushing, shoving, everybody's pushing, crowd and getting around Jesus, and Bartimaeus wants to get to him himself, but he doesn't have a chance. He doesn't have a chance. So they said, Bartimaeus, be quiet. And Bartimaeus, trying to comply, curled up in his blanket, put his thumb in his mouth, and got real quiet. Is that what the Bible says? (laughs) No, 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 no. I'm talking about us when we came to the Lord and anyone here tonight who wants to find the Lord. I'm talking about us, this is how you come to the Lord. This is the press we're talking about. And the Bible says here about Barnabas and many charge him that he should hold his peace, but he cried out the more a great deal. Hallelujah. I'm not about to be quiet. I'm not about to hush up. I'm not about to hold my peace. If you wanna know the truth, I'm gonna say it louder than I've ever said it before. And I'm going to say it over and over. Jesus, have mercy on me. I want him to hear what I'm saying. And folks, when you come to the Lord, you got to just press in there. you got to call on the Lord. This is how people are saved. This is how you got saved. Praise the Lord. You just said, I want to be saved. And you push forward. And there might have been all kind of oppositions and obstacles going on. But you just said, no, I want to get to the Lord, and I'm going to call on the Lord. And let me tell you, he wants you to do that. He wants you to do that, because that is exercising the faith you have in your heart. Because Bartimaeus said, this is the Messiah, and if there's ever a chance of me ever receiving my sight, it's right now, this moment. Amen. I remember when I came to an altar of repentance got saved. I remember it. I was sitting in the back, a lot of people came, a lot of young people came to the altar on a Sunday night. I was the last one, I sat in the back, had a little keychain, a little football on that, twirled it around, around on my finger. I still remember doing that. I was sitting there, and I was this, he's going to quit in a few minutes, and then I'll, I I can I can relax. I can, Boy, I can feel that pull, that call, God saying, I want you, I want you, I want you. I can feel that. And I just said, no, I don't want to go, I don't want to get in front of Finally, I said, why not? <laughs> I stuck that chain in my pocket. I got up out of that seat. I walked down that aisle. I got down there, folks. I prayed through that night. for see, the baptism of the Holy Ghost, that first night, was baptized in a bio. Praise! They took me down in the bio around 11 o'clock at night, baptized me and a bunch of some others that was with me. And I'm just trying to tell you here that when I walked, started walking down there, I said, I'm going to find the Lord. I want to find Jesus. And when I got there and I began to feel the presence of the Lord, I said, Jesus, this is what I want. This is, this is what I want. This is what I want. This is it. This is it. This was in March 1952. 1951, on the last day of the year, I was with two uncles of mine in a big old dance hall in Tampa, Florida big old square dance thing you know big old big old i don't know what hundreds of people look like big old dance floor out there and tables all around it and everything everybody drinking beer and stuff but i wasn't drinking anything and it came midnight hour the midnight hour and everybody started oh yeah happy years it's 1952 they're all shouting and carrying on and i never were looking over and there was a soldier a young soldier had a girlfriend and he was drunk as a snake and he was sick on his stomach, and he was over there in a the corner throwing up, and she was slapping him on the back, said, "Be happy, be happy." And I looked around at all of this, and a little voice inside of me said, "This is not you. This is not for you. This is not where you belong. This is not for you." You know, I thought I was trying to, you know, get into the world. Three months later, I went to that Pentecostal church, and I said, "This is this is for me. This is it, folks." And you push forward. I went down to that altar a year later on that that when the year changed out praying the old year out I was on my knees praise the Lord in a watch night service and I was praising Lord and thanking him glorifying his name saying then I remembered a year ago that over there in that old dance hall in town I said Lord thank you for saving me hallelujah I'm going to keep on pushing I'm going to keep on pressing forward I'm going to keep on having faith in my heart that I might believe the Lord and hold fast to the Lord and have this truth in my soul. Let me move on a little further here because this was not the end of Bartimaeus. He didn't just cry out and everything passed on his way, but it was his last chance. It was his last chance. Jesus was almost out of the city. He was right there at Jericho on his way out. And uh, I'm going to read here The 48th verse once again, and many charged him that he should hold his peace, but he cried the more a great deal. Thou son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stood still. Oh, I love that. Jesus stopped, praise the Lord, and commanded him to be called. And called And they called the blind man saying unto him, be of good comfort, rise. He called it for you. Now they're all nice to him. He called it for thee. And he cast, he casting away his garment. Now, I didn't say he laid it aside or put it aside. He cast it away. He must have figured something's going to happen here. I'm not going to need this thing anymore. I don't know whether he had that much faith at that moment or not. I don't know. But he cast it away, the Bible says. And he rose and came to Jesus. Look at that 51st verse. And Jesus answered and said unto him, What wilt thou that I should do unto thee? The blind man said unto him, Lord, that I might receive my sight. And Jesus said unto him, Go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. Praise the Lord. (coughs) Look at the next verse. And immediately he received his sight. Now you can see. And followed Jesus in the way. He didn't go another way. He followed Jesus in the way. He didn't go his way. He went Jesus' way. Praise the Lord. Wait a minute. Bartimaeus, what about your cloak? What about your cloak that you threw threw aside? Forget that thing. I'm not worried about that no more. I've got my sight. I'm with Jesus now. Folks, it makes all the difference in the world when we begin to walk with the Lord. But you've got to fight. Just like he pushed in there. And would not be quiet sometimes the enemy tries to tell you to be quiet in church don't be quiet just say i'm going to praise god I'm you don't have to make your own noise I, I don't mean when i say that i don't mean just do your own little you know thing crazy thing i don't mean that i'm saying whenever it's time to worship worship god praise the lord lift up your hand and shout it out amen that's what it's all about is praising god with our whole heart because you don't find that just anywhere. That's why I love church. People worship God. You can go through all kinds of stuff out there in the daytime, but you can come to the house of God on a church night and people begin to worship God and the singing goes forth. Praise the Lord. And the worship and the singing and the, and, and glorifying God. Hallelujah. And the next thing you're feeling the presence of the Lord. And don't just sit there and feel it. But respond to it and begin to say, Jesus, I love you, I praise you, I worship you, Lord. Thank you for your grace, your love, your mercy, your goodness to me. Praise the Lord and respond with, to his grace with by your faith. Praise the Lord. And it's that way in everything. Well, I'm going to give you another example here. If you look at Mark five twenty four, Mark five twenty four, 24, and uh, this is the ne- very next example that I've got here under pressing pressing to the mark Praise god all right now this is interesting because a man by the name of Jairus starting in verse 22 in fact i'm going to read the 22 and 23 before i get to 24 it sort of gives you a picture here of some things behold there cometh to one of the rulers of the synagogue Jairus a very important man by name he was a jew And when he saw him, he fell at his feet. He saw Jesus, fell at Jesus' feet. And this is what he said in verse 23. And he besought Jesus greatly, saying, My little daughter lieth at the point of death. I pray thee, come and lay thy hands on her, that she may be healed and she shall live. Now, he had faith to believe that if Jesus came and laid hands on her, she'd be healed. He had that much faith faith and he believed that verse 24 and jesus went with him now jesus is on his way to a very crucial situation a child is dying jesus is moving through the streets here and there's a a, a baby a little girl that's at the point of death now look what happens jesus went uh And Jesus went with him, and much people followed him and thronged him. Everybody see the press now? I'm talking about, you know, pushing against the press. The press, they thronged him. And a certain woman, now look at this very closely here, which had an issue of blood 12 years. Now, I won't get into the detail, but if you ever want to read Leviticus 15, verses 19 through 20, I think it is, 28 or something like that. It'll tell you the, the, uh, how she had to always conduct herself as she was in this situation. She had to conduct herself out of society. She had to just really stay away from everybody, could not touch anything. She was considered very unclean at this point. And she had gone through 12 years of that. Look what it says about her. Verse 26, and had suffered many things of many physicians and had spent all that she had and was nothing bettered. In other words, none the better, but rather grew worse. Growing worse after 12 years, spent everything she had on doctors. Doctors had just tried on this, put on that. You know, the olden days, they used to bleed you, you know, stick you and bleed you trying to make you well. You know, all of the kind of weird things that they used to do. I'm talking about the old, the old times. And I'm not saying anything against doctors. God bless them because I know they work hard to do it, help us in a lot of things. I'm just talking about what did happen way back then in those old days. She suffered all of this stuff. Look at verse 27. And when she heard of Jesus come in the press behind, when she heard of Jesus, she came in the press behind him, that is, and touched his garment Now, I want you to get the picture. Crowds pushing at Jesus. He's moving through the crowd, and she is trying to get to him because she knows she's not supposed to touch anything. She's very delicate. She remembers the law says this, the law says that. But I believe, she was saying in her heart, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, maybe I can be healed or I can be healed. And she had that faith. And she was weak in body. And when she would press or push, somebody would push her back and she'd push again. You're getting the picture here how we press into the kingdom. You have to fight your way sometimes to get to Jesus. And that's by faith and you just keep on, you just keep on. And all through our life, there's times folks, we have to fight to get to Jesus. We've got to press to get to him. And this woman, she kept pushing in there, kept pushing. And finally she got through and pressed and Jesus went by and she pressed through and she fell on her knees and reached through the crowd and through the legs of people and touched the hem of his garment, just touched it. And instantly she was healed. Look what it says here. Verse 28, she said, if I can touch but his clothes, I shall be whole straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague now look at verse 30 and jesus immediately knowing in himself that virtue had gone out of him turned him about in the press again here's the crowd of people that she's having a battle against just like blind bartimaeus here's a poor woman That had everything stacked against her the social issues and the physical issues, everything. And everything. And it says here, he said, I felt the virtue go out from him. He turned about in the press and said, Who touched my clothes? Isn't that beautiful? He knew it. And the disciples said unto him, Thou seest a multitude thronging thee, and sayest thou, Who touched me? Look at all these people. You're wondering who touched you? They're just pushing, they're shoving, they're all around you, they're pressing against you. And you're saying, who touched me? Jesus knew somebody had really touched him. That's the touch we're talking about, folks. Getting a touch from the Lord. Oh, there's nothing in the world like it. When you need a touch from God, nothing in the world is like it. Hallelujah. Having God to touch your heart, touch your soul, touch your spirit. Give you that faith to believe him, praise the Lord. And he can do it. He can do it. And he's the only one that can do it. Amen. Praise God. And this woman, she pressed through and she touched it. And uh, verse 31, And the disciples said to him, Thou seest the multitude, thou seest who touched me. Look at 32. He looked round about to see her that had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, she now was fearful, knowing that she might have violated the laws of Moses by doing what she did. Right at the edge of it. Right at the edge of violating the laws. But knowing that she could just touch his garment. Not touch him, but his garment only. Knowing what was done in her, came and fell before him and told him all the truth. She just told him the whole thing. And look what Jesus said in verse 34. And He said unto her, Daughter, thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace and behold of thy plague. And that woman walked away that day fully whole, fully healed, had everything that she needed from God, but she was determined. If all the odds against her, the crowd, the press, the push, her weakness, the customs of the, of the not just the customs, but the law of Moses against her and the social issues of it, all of that, and she just thought, if I could just, if, if I could just touch his, the hem of his garment. Just the bottom part of it, the hill. Not his clothes, just him, And she did it, and it went, she got what she wanted. And I'm telling you something, if we can touch the Lord sometimes, when you need a touch from heaven, folks, don't give up. Fight for it. Push on for it. Amen. Praise God. Let me give you another example here. This is, this is the one that found in Mark 2, 1 through 5. Mark 2, 1 through 5. Look at this, everybody there. I'm gonna read the first verse, 2-1. And again, again, he entered into Capernaum, excuse me. He entered into Capernaum after some days and it was noised abroad, noise that he was in the house. Now Jesus is in the house and this big, huge crowd is all around the house. The house is full. They're all sitting around the feet of Jesus. The house is full of people. They're all outside the door. They're all around the house. They've got the doors jammed full. And straightway, many were gathered together insomuch much that there was no room to receive them. No, not so much as about the door. Notice that. And he preached the word unto them. And they came unto him, bringing one sick of the palsy. They was four friends, I guess, the people that had him, sick of the palsy, which was born of four. That was four men carrying this one man of palsy and they brought him to Jesus. And when they got to the house and all the press and crowd in the door, four men bringing another five men trying to push their way through, it was an impossibility. They looked at it as, it's not going to happen. This is not going to happen. It's time to give up. They could turn to the guy with the pause and say, well, fella, I'm sorry. I guess we'll have to take you back home. There's no way we can get to Jesus. You know, it just ain't going to happen. No, 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 no. Look what happened here. Look at verse 3. Verse 4, I mean. And when they could not come nigh unto him for the press, they uncovered the roof where he was. (laughs) They climbed up on the top of the house. They had this tile stuff, you know. This was this was Peter in and Andrew's house anyhow. So they never got mad about it. They never got upset about it. They just start pulling the the tile, the tile, laying them aside, tearing them all away. They uncovered the roof where he was, and when they had broken it up, that is, opened the, the roof up, they let down the bed. The man was on a bed. It wasn't like a, a rollaway bed. It was just a cot, you know kind of a cot they had him on, they let down his bed, wherein the sick of the palsy lay. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said, unto the sick of the palsy, the first thing he said, when they let him right down, Jesus didn't say, well, what are you guys doing? And Peter and Andrew said, Hey, what are you doing? Turn up our house. Said, none of that. Jesus never even, that didn't even bother him. He saw their faith. And when Jesus saw their faith, he saw those four men's faith. Their faith was put in action. Their faith, praise the Lord, said, we're gonna get him to Jesus. And our faith would get us to Jesus one way or the other. We press. That's what they did. They pressed forward and they got him to Jesus. When Jesus saw their faith, he said unto the sick of the Paul's son, thy sins be forgiven thee. And then of course, this caused a little squabble there with the scribes that were inside trying to watch every little thing he was doing, trying to catch him in his mistakes. In verse 7, he said, why does, this, uh, why does this man speak blasphemy? Who can forgive sins but God only? And immediately when Jesus perceived in his, in his spirit that they had reasoned within himself, he said unto them, Why reason ye these things in your hearts? Whether it is easier to say to the sick of the palsy, Thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say, Arise and take up thy bed and walk. Which is easier. And, uh, but that you may know that the Son of Man hath power on earth to forgive sins, he saith to the sick of the palsy, I say unto thee, arise, take up thy bed, and go thy way into thy house. In other words, he forgave him of his sins. And rebuked the, fair, the scribes and the Pharisees and Sadducees that was there trying to condemn him for it. And then he said to the man, "Rise up and take up that bed and walk." And amen. And immediately, verse twelve, he arose. The man sick took up the bed and went forth before them all. Wait. Insomuch that they were all amazed and glorified God, saying, "We never saw it on this wise." Now. What I have done here is given you just three simple illustrations about the power of God if we will press, if we push. These people came to the Lord. Now, I'm going to go to part C very quickly here, and I've got about five minutes here to wind this up. We cannot be saved without faith. We cannot be saved without grace and that through faith, and faith must be pressed. We cannot live for God without faith your everyday living you have to have faith faith is something that never leaves us when you're baptized in jesus name you're baptized when you receive the holy ghost you have the holy ghost inside of you praise the lord we have the word of god with us all the time praise the lord and faith our belief in god and our fight to keep on believing god must always stay with us the just shall live by faith I'm going to go to this verse, next verse, very quickly here. This is in Hebrews 10:38. Now, the just shall live by faith. Very simple verse of Scripture. Now, the just shall live by faith, and uh, this is found in uh, all of these scriptures here. This is also found in Romans. It's found in uh, over in uh, Galatians. I'm going to read Romans here, 1:17, very quickly. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. It's written there in in Romans. And it's also written there in in Galatians. Praise the Lord. Uh, I can get to that very quickly. Galatians 3 and 11. But that no man be justified by the law in the sight of God, it is evident for the just must live by faith, must live by faith. Now, let me talk to you a minute. <clears throat> this scripture is found one other place in the Bible. Three places in the New Testament. Just read them to you. One other place is in the book of Habakkuk. In the Old Testament, Habakkuk. And Habakkuk was a prophet that God spoke to and said to him, and, I, and it's found in Habakkuk chapter 2 and verse uh, 14, I believe it is, two fourteen. 14, uh, I may be wrong there. But anyhow, it's found in 2.4, two it is. Habakkuk 2.4. See if I'm right on that. It's Habakkuk 2.4. Anyhow, mm-hmm. it talks about, and this is what happened in Habakkuk. He'll behold his soul is lifted up, it is up upright in him, but the just who have a faith. All right. What happened in, with Habakkuk was that Habakkuk was a prophet, and God told him that he was going to judge Israel, Judah, the southern kingdom. He was going to judge them. For their wickedness and their evil and you know how he was going to judge them he was going to judge them with the babylonians and habakkuk had a problem with that and he said god wait a minute you're going to judge israel because they're sinful but you're using a sinful nation to judge them with this sinful nation of babylon is going to come over there and these people are wicked people and they're going to they're going to kill people they're going to tear up the land Going to destroy their homes. They're going to take them captive, haul them off to Babylon. They're going to do all that you've told me they're going to do. Is it right for God? Is that the way God operates? He actually questioned God a little bit on it. And you know what God told him? This is what God told him. He said, Abacca, don't worry about how I'm going to do things. I know what I'm doing, I know how I'm doing it. But the just must live by faith. You just gotta keep believing the word of God no matter how it may appear to you sometimes or how it may be. I'm serious. And he told him, he says, you just keep on believing God. Then he went on to tell him, he said, I'll judge Babylon one day. I'm gonna and he did. Believe me he did. And it's in history. It's in the history books. You can read how he judged Babylon. He bubbed Babylon very severely. But Babylon didn't get away with it, but the Lord was telling Habakkuk, Habakkuk, don't worry about how I'm going to judge Israel and use an ungodly nation to do it. The just shall live by faith. You keep on believing God, and the, the Jews that will keep on believing me, they're going to be okay. And I'm going to tell, tell all of you this today. I don't care what happens in this world, what happens in this nation. This happens all around us. You keep on believing God. You keep on trusting the Lord. And sometimes things stack up that you don't understand why they're happening the way they are. Sometimes we have things that happen in our lives. We don't know why they happen like that. But you say, God, I am going to keep on believing in you for the just shall live by faith. However your way is, I don't always understand it, God, but I know everything's going to be all right because you're in charge. Hallelujah. And I still believe. I still believe in you. I still believe in your word. I still believe in your truth. I believe in the plan of salvation. I believe in holiness. I believe in righteousness. I believe in walking with God. I believe in going to church. I believe in lifting my hands in prayer. I believe in praise the Lord, worshiping God, opening my mouth, saying thank you, Jesus, and praising the Lord. And I'm going to keep on doing it. Keep on doing it. Praise the Lord till Jesus comes. And don't ever let the enemy stop you from doing it you keep on pressing praise the lord for the just shall live by faith let's stand together and just worship him would you with me let's worship god together oh jesus we love you we love you we love you god you are so good you are so good we thank you jesus for the word we thank you lord for your wonderful great grace we thank you lord for your mercy your kindness your goodness to us We thank you for your people that are here in this congregation tonight, in this church, all over these these buildings, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that you have great mercy and kindness toward us in all things, God. Be with us at this time, God, as we come to the close of this service. Be with us in all things, God. Be with us throughout this week and meet with us again, Lord, at the appointed time. In Jesus' precious name we pray. And everybody say real loud, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. God bless.